Sport Tracks on SFM FM with John Carica. Our question to you today, what is the legacy of 2010? You can SMS 41391 or give us a call now and join our conversation. We're joined on the line by Sport24 sports writer, Sibasiso Mjikaliso. Sibasiso, thanks very much for joining us. It's a pleasure, John. Thanks for having me on your show. You had some strong words about what Bafana Bafana have done. Have they, what is the official term you used? Have they squandered the legacy? Squandered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was mostly with regards to the on-field uh, results and how the decade panned out after the 2010 uh, FIFA World Cup. And I use the word squandered the inheritance because I do feel like South African football for that confederation cup and, and and including the FIFA World Cup itself, it, it had actually gone up a level uh, or two, uh, even though we were the first country to get knocked out uh, as hosts in the group stages. We, we beat France for the first time. Yes, a calamitous French team um, by, by all accounts, but we still managed to do it and uh, probably should have beaten Mexico. Mm-hmm. One costly error really uh, cost us that game. And, if you look back at the Uruguay game, if it wasn't for Luis Suarez's dive, uh, Jumelan Kuna wouldn't have been sent off in that game, and who knows, we might have even eked out a result there as well. But as it turned out, we didn't, and the rest of the decade didn't live up to the promise that uh, Bafana Bafana had showed. And in the in the, in the immediate uh, matches right after that, I, I wrote in the story that we beat Ghana, um, and we beat Egypt uh, thanks to a Kilampila uh, goal in Johannesburg on, uh, uh, on our way to hopefully qualifying for Gabon and Sierra Leone. But unfortunately, that campaign, as well as Pito Musimane's reign as Bafana Bafana coach, ended in uh, a lot of embarrassment and, and shame, really. And uh, the rest of the decade followed suit. Do you think the World Cup third place affected the next decade? Come again, do I think the World Cup? The third place in the group at the World Cup affected the rest of the decade. I think I think what happened was, and, and Bito Mustamana spoke about this at other media outlets, that a lot of the things that were in present in 2010, they were, they were let go. And on the football side, Safa had done their utmost best to keep the same coaching group from the time they appointed Carlos Alberto Pereira, um, even though he had that year, year and a half where he went to a sabbatical because mm. of his ill wife and Joe Santana was the coach, he came back. Uh, the technical team had stayed the same. They ripped up that book completely um, as if to say that, okay, we've gotten 2010 out of the way. Now we can go back to mismanaging football <laughs> the way people know and love us to do. So <laughs> that's exactly what they did. They fired Peter Musimane after you'd say, yes, his mandate was to qualify Bafana Bafana for, for Africa Cup of Nations and Gabon in 2012. And yes, the rules for qualifications should have been read, but anybody can make that kind of mistake. And we threw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, and we continued to do that uh, long into the decade. I mean, I remember um, the appointment of Gordon Eggerson over Steve Compella. Steve Compella, a guy that came in wanting to sort of change the way Safa operates as a whole uh, with a great presentation. The panel said he had the best presentation of the coaches. Mm-hmm. But they went with Gordon Eggerson because they felt pressure of wanting to perform at the 2013 AFCON 
which they weren't the original host anyway. They stepped in after Morocco were, were unable to host the, the, the games, uh, the Afghan games uh, in that particular year. Mm. So they, they went for a quick fix which ultimately didn't end well. And then from there, they bounced to Sheikh Mashaba, who did well for a period of time, but his tenure also ended in, in, in a lot of acrimony and so on and so forth. It's almost as if every coach ends in some sort of acrimony. Stuart Baxter, when he first was in charge, 2004, 2005, he was unhappy with the way football was run. You've just mentioned Pizzo, uh, Steve Compella unhappy with the way football was run. Is it, this is the common denominator, isn't it? Yeah, no. The only people that haven't changed in, <laughs> in, in the entire time are Safa. Yeah. Um, I remember having a sit-down with uh, Stuart Baxter when the grumblings or the rumblings uh, where we're catching loads of momentum that he was going to be the new Bafana coach. He was still at Supersport United at right. the time. And I believe that he was going to Supersport United to a title that season were it not for the distraction of having your coach uh, being written about in newspapers, uh, taking another job and so on. They were top of the Premier League, uh, the Absa Premiership. Um, I think they'd only lost one game by January uh, at that year, I think. Uh, and then, you know, he said that the, you take the job if certain things had changed because what, what he wanted to do in 2005 was to sort of change the way football was managed yes. at a technical level. And he had all these sort of grand dreams of changing football in South Africa, which was a little naive on his part, uh, I, I have to say. And uh, he soon found out that a lot of, of, of what he tried to change in 2005 has, has been cemented. The, the cement is dry on, on a lot of those old attitudes. And you can't change it once it's dry. And then trying to crack it or, li- or turn it back to liquid again is, is nigh impossible. And that's the... the the challenge that faces every South African national coach is that you're going to get there, you're going to get old, fermented attitudes, you're going to get um, rejection of innovations, you're going to get pressure uh, from the public who don't see what's happening in behind, and it's going to get frustrating. Yeah, but it's a, it's the kind of job where you, you simply can't say no, can you? <laughs> if you if you're a career coach, it's just one of those. It's, it's a honeypot trap. You know, you know, you're going to get stung by bees, but you just can't keep your hands out. We're chatting to News uh, Sport Twenty Four sports writer Sibasiso Mjikaliso. You are listening to Sport Tracks on SAFM. So, Sibu, has anything changed in ten years of Bafana Bafana specifically? Oh, um, I think the team's gone younger. I like I like the team, the Baxter team that went to Africa last year. Um, very vibrant. I think the excuse that you know our players aren't big enough um, was kind of blown out the window or out the water um, last year. Beating Egypt in Egypt, who were the host at the time, I thought that was massive. Should have beaten Nigeria, but then again, that's the story of Bafana Bafana. The could have and should have. But we came out of that tournament really having restored South African pride. Um, so I, I, I think the, the back end of the decade, definitely an, an upward curve. The graph is looking up. Mm. Guys like, you know, Percy Dow, of course, leading that charge. I really, really like your Lebuhang Piris in, in the squad. I like uh, uh, Tulani Shatswai, the leader of that team. 
Um, hopefully, we'll have Itumel and Kuna back to, to, to service the team just at least to qualify for the next FIFA World Cup in Qatar, if, if that dream is even possible. Uh, but it's football. Anything can happen. I think if Mulefizeki, um just does the basic things and, and does the simple things, get South Africa to play a comfortable style of football, I think a lot of that will will, will see South Africa in good stead. So what has changed? Certainly a lot less money in Bafana now. You know, you're not going to get a Carlos Queiroz getting rumored to come and coach the team like like we're used to in the past decade. You're not going to get a Herb Renard getting courted for big money. Um, all those big kind of coaches aren't really going to be in the Bafana conversation anymore, which is probably good because then it means that uh, local coaches will, will get a fair chance um, in lieu of the fair salary that they won't get. <laughs> At the Rugby World Cup recently, the Brains Trust put together a Springbok rugby team that was designed to beat the All Blacks in England. It was it was designed and they worked it out and the strategy had been worked out from from for, for four years. Do we have that Brains Trust in football or it's almost as if Bafana Bafana go into every game as a brand new team? No, you you definitely don't get that in football um, because what what Rassi Erasmus had and what perhaps his predecessor didn't have, Alistair Kutsia, was a blank check to say that okay, right. let's do things your way and 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 if you fail, um, we'll hold you accountable. Uh, I think what had happened before then with Alistair Kutsia, uh, they told Alistair to do things um, their way. And then, then they butted heads and it showed on the field and the results weren't great. So when Razu came in, he was like, guys, if I'm going to take a team to the World Cup, um, I have to do things the way I see them being done. I remember his first game in Johannesburg, Springboks against England, putting two brand spanking new young wingers in Apiwe Yankee yeah. uh, as well as Mungosi. Brilliant move. They did not to be the match on the especially Mungosi twice and making Sia Polisi captain yes. after Khmer and Alistair Kutia neglected to do so even though evidence had pointed very, very strongly that he could lead uh, the Springbok team. Now bringing it back to Bafana Bafana, you're not going to have that. You've got a technical director uh, of football, Neil Tovey, who, whom we don't know who's his position. He's got a very nebulous uh, set of tasks to do. We don't know whether he's involved in team selection. We don't know what he does behind the scenes. He doesn't come forward. There's no real press conferences where people can get an explanation as far as who does what. And then you've got a, you've got a coach that's been in the system that you can call a Safa man in Mulefin Zeki who perhaps took the job because, well, no one else uh, <laughs> would have taken it at the, at the money that was available. I mean, Safa lost $100 million in broad in broadcast rights over the last year, year and a bit. And that's nobody's fault but how the the sports rights game works. So mm-hmm. I think what, what, what would have happened now um, with the Springboks, I don't think it would have definitely happened with Bafana Bafana. There's just no way. The way football is run and the way rugby is run, there's just absolutely no way a uh, coach is going to walk in. No matter how big they are, I mean, Carlos Queiroz has coached his team. He was assistant to Alex Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, prior to taking over the Bafana Bafana job, and he qualified us for uh, South Korea Japan in mm. 2002. The last coach to qualify us for for a World Cup, and we treated him 
the same way mm. as we treated every other coach. So I don't think, uh, you know, you're not too too big for South Africa to speak. They will, they will cut you down to size, even if it's to the detriment of the team at the end of the day. Sure. All right, let's talk, if you don't mind, Sibu, uh, a little bit more about... 2010 legacy as a whole. I was talking about the stadia earlier, the infrastructure. Uh, as as a South African, do you feel that legacy is still around 10 years later? There's a, a large part of it that I do feel is, is there. I mean, you see it with the Chow train, no. um, which was built uh, leading up to the to the World Cup. You see it with the the improvements of the freeways in Johannesburg and a lot of cities and metros have have boomed. You look at Nelson Mandela Bay and the stadium that they built there, mm. magnificent state of the art facility. You look at Moses Mabida, the for me the best place to host any sort of uh event. Uh Cape Town City Stadium, a masterpiece in architectural design. Um, all these lovely things that have made South Africa this bountiful, beautiful country. And you can't take that away. Um, we hosted a great, great tournament. And, and we should be very, very proud as South Africans that we did not sully the name of, of South Africa, very young democracy um, that really, really showed what we're capable of once we really knuckle down. That's the country at our core what 2010 showed it showed us exactly who we are we we hard workers we we love a good time as much as we we love to do things right and we did things very right in 2010 did we continue a lot of the things in football that perhaps we should have done no we did not Mm -hmm. um recently pizza musamana mentioned the fact that you know people were never late for a fifa world cup game and (laughs) It's it's like the clock switched <laughs> straight back to one, um, and 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 as soon as the, the FIFA was gone and they packed up their banners, people were late for games. They were right. delayed. I mean, the disgusting scenes at Loftus where mm. Pirates fans ripped up um, cameras and equipment and 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 threatened the 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 lives of other people during the game as well as the players. Uh, just because they didn't like the result. I mean, that 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 was a real shame. We've seen Kaiser Chiefs fans doing the same. The Moses Mabida, the incident of a security guard woman getting kicked mm. in the head mm. on the field. I mean, those things are just absolutely revolting. Um, the hope was that we would be past that. Unfortunately, there are those elements that still linger in our society. Um, but I, over and above everything, I do think that there's a certain standard that we now hold ourselves accountable to. Even if we fall short of that standard, we now know that this is where we can do it. And we can always use that as a benchmark to say, right. hey, guys, when things go absolutely awry, 2010 can sober us up and say, hey, do you, do you remember what we did in 2010? Do you remember how things were for the month of June into July in 2010? Let's go back to that. And let's do the things we did in 2010, and that will remain with us forever, I think. And I think this this last week and you know this this month as well as as sports people, we're going to remember that, and we're going to remember those good times and go. Actually, you know, when football returns, we must be like we were then. Yeah, we we must celebrate. You know the 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 humanity or the the communal uh, sense that sport gives us, man. I think the coronavirus pandemic as well has kind of 
exacerbated the feeling around celebrating the 2010 World Cup because we are deprived of any sort of live action and going to the stadium. And we took it for granted, I have to admit. Um, I, for one, had, had sort of fallen off the attending matches radar, you know, having a young family, you know, would I rather be at home or would I be at a stadium cold at Orlando <laughs> Stadium, maybe on a Friday night to watch Vets and Pirates yeah. or I can watch it on television and, and how great the television offering is on, on whatever channel you watch these days, you get HD quality um, television. So it's those kind of things that we've taken for granted really and I really hope that when we do return uh, to full stadiums that we'll just take a moment and just appreciate some of even the small games. I used to enjoy a good uh, Durban derby between Amazulu and, and Lamontville Golden Arrows played at Kingsway Latini Stadium and seeing people sit on on, on the hill, on the bunker there by the train station, uh, mm-hmm. by the train tracks, mm-hmm. just so that they can see the game. They couldn't afford a ticket to go in. The stadium is, is, is nicely set uh, at the bottom of a valley, it can, and they can sit up there on the grass banks, soak in the sun and watch some football. And it's, it, it's, one, it's a beautiful sight, you know, once you really look at it on a panoramic view. And those are the things that I think we need to get back to. And and really enjoy our football. It's ours. No one else is going to support it. No one's going to come from outer space and support it. <laughs> we have to prop it up ourselves. Lovely view. Sibusiso, thank you very much. Sibusiso Mjikeliso, Sports 24 sports writer.